Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you. Mega, mega, mega. 
Happy Thursday. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. This is Rory Sauter. Glad to be with you. We have missed you for the last couple days. We did not have a show yesterday, uh, but we had a fantastic show on Tuesday. Amazing guests, uh, great topics as usual. Um, as I do, beginning of the episode, first and foremost, I want to thank um, all of my special guests, my co-hosts, my audience, and my amazing sponsors. Uh, you guys are all fantastic, and you guys keep the show going, and uh, it just keeps doing amazing things and moving way faster than I ever anticipated, and the fan base just keeps growing and growing. And for people that don't know, uh, we are downloadable and listened to in 21 different countries now. We're on over 50 different platforms online, so you can find us. Um, and uh, we're all over, so just you can search us um, on the web, uh, stream it, listen to it on uh, so many different platforms. So I love that. I love that part, too. So we have such a wide variety uh, of people that use different platforms to listen uh, to different things. So, um, so it's, it's awesome. It really is. And I also want to um, get to, obviously, the main headlines tonight. We have a lot to talk to. There's been a lot in the media going on, um, just nonstop, uh, constant uh, – drama and, you know, unnecessary uh, force and, and uh, situations coming from the left. And uh, it's just getting out of control. It really is getting nuts. Um, I do want to introduce uh, my co-host, uh, legislative affairs for President Ronald Reagan, international security expert, Islamic historian, political activist, and best-selling author, Valerie <laughs> Greenfield. How are you? Good, Rory. Thanks for having me on. Excellent. I also want to welcome lobbyist, activist, and political strategist, Josh Halavate. How are you, buddy? Doing fantastic. How are you? Excellent. Excellent, man. And uh, everybody, the weekend is approaching, so uh, that's always a very nice and uh, refreshing feeling. Uh, I hope everybody is having fun plans for the weekend. Uh, but let, let's get down to it. President Trump earlier today uh, was questioned, about, questioned by reporters again about the wall, and uh, here is what he had to say. Uh, let me pull up the clip real quick. Uh, but he's sticking by his word. He's not, uh, he's not caving. He's, you know, telling them straight up, you know, if you don't have something in place by February 15th, then I am taking matters into my own hands. And, and there's really, you know, nothing uh, the Democrats can do about it. The declare state of emergency, uh, or you, or use the the military to build the wall. I mean, we have options. We definitely do. And if they don't pass the bill in Congress, like I said, uh, it's just going to make the Democrats' life harder and harder. Um, but let's let's go to you, Josh, real quick before I play the clip. What are your thoughts on all this? Well, you know, <laughs> the Democrats are really freaking out right now. In, in all honesty, at least they should be. Because, well, they should be. I don't think they are. Here's why. Because they don't care about the wall. They don't care whether the wall gets built because of the wall being built. They just want right. to make Trump not have to use them so that they think they've achieved some sort of moral victory. But if the wall right. gets built, the wall gets built. Um, right. So I, I guess I don't really right. understand their, their thinking there. 
Yeah, and, and for me, it's like we're going to introduce our special guest here in like one minute. Um, I'm going to play this quick Trump clip. But to me, it, it is all politics. They don't, like I said so many times on this show, they do not want to give him uh, his biggest campaign promise. They do not want to uh, give him, you know, this sort of satisfaction uh, th- that, uh, you know, he, he – w- I mean, they, they just don't want to give it to him because they know that his supporters are counting on this so bad, and it, it, it is his biggest campaign promise. And once he gets this, I mean, the, the Democrats are defeated in, in so many different ways uh, if you look at the big picture. Because uh, everybody said for the longest time, he's never going to get his wall built. He's never going to get his wall built. Well, you know what? We're, he's going to prove the, the left wrong once again once February 15th comes around. But let's hear what he had to say earlier today. Uh, one four. If you go to Tijuana and you take down that wall, you will have so many people coming into our country that Nancy Pelosi will be begging for a wall. She'll be begging for a wall. She will say, Mr. President, please, please give us a wall. On February 15th, the committee will come back. And if they don't have a wall, I don't even want to waste my time reading what they have because it's a waste of time. Because the only thing that works for security and safety for our country is a wall. Now, when you couple the wall with sensors and drones and all of these other things, that works as a combination. But if you don't have a wall, they're all just wasting their time. It's just politics. There we, there we go. So there you have it. Um, Valerie, I want to get your thoughts very quickly, and then I'm going to introduce our special guest. Sure. Um, so, I mean, I think it's clear that we need a wall, and the question is how do we pay for it? And it's clear that the Democrats, their whole plan is resistance, and, you know, that's it. There's, they have no ideas. They have no solutions. They just don't want right. to deal with the resistance at all. Um, so my opinion is um, that Trump should have – he's going to have to do the emergency, uh, declare right. an emergency, and he should have done it probably three weeks ago because all this time has gone by and people are tired of the whole yep. issue. And they're frustrated, right. and those that didn't get paid are not happy. Um, but I yeah. think it has to happen. I think it will happen. Yeah, yeah, and, and I agree. And uh, you know, he he has he has options. And even a uh, uh, person from the defense team today uh, said uh, Trump can use the military funding anytime he wants. There's nothing really stop stopping him. So. And, you know, obviously the, the declaring the state of emergency, I mean, there's so many ways. But this wall at the end of the day, this, at the end of the day is going to get built. Trump is on offense. Uh, the Democrats would be very wise uh, to, you know, negotiate on this. Because if they don't and Trump has to do this and play hardball, chances are the Democrats aren't going to be able to get very many of their bipartisan bills done in the future because they're going to piss Trump off so bad. People saw Trump's face today. He was not very happy, especially the way he's getting dicked around by all, the, all these different politicians in Washington. Uh, but let, let's interview, introduce our, our first couple guests, a U.S. US intelligence specialist, radical Islam expert, foreign policy analysis, political strategist, activist, and director of Jihad Watch, 
and best-selling author Robert Spencer. How are you, my friend? Just great, Rory. How are you doing? Doing well. It's, it's really good to have you here. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you well. It's great to have you here. Thank you Excellent. for being on the show. Uh, I also want to uh, introduce a political strategist. Um, wait, no, actually, hold on a second. I'm, I'm reading off. Uh, here it is. Nationally syndicated radio talk show host, lobbyist, successful businessman, public speaker, political consultant, strategist, and activist, Clint Bellows. How are you, my friend? Well, I'm delighted to be here, and uh, Mr. Spencer has graced my show a few times over the past years, and uh, I am a, a major supporter and ad- admirer of his courage and uh, insights into the whole uh, situation we've been dealing with for so long. So it's great to be on the same show with Mr. Spencer. Well, likewise, right. Clint. Thank you well, very much. My well, let, let's get down to yeah. Let's get down to it. And everybody loves Robert Spencer. I mean, Robert, you are a genius. <laughs> you are be, you are beyond brilliant. You li- you've lived such a profound life, and uh, you know all just everything you've done with your research. It's it's mind blowing. It's incredible. And um, I want to I want to get down to it real quick. So, your thoughts on 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 what's going on? You know, with currently. Uh, you know Trump's thoughts, Trump's remarks last week about you know w- waiting an, uh, three weeks, giving the Congress a chance uh, before he really pulls that button, pushes that button for the state of emergency. Uh, how did you uh, perceive the whole thing? Certainly, it looked like a loss. Nancy Pelosi was doing the victory dance. It looked as if he had given in, and since. Every Republican has always given in on every shutdown in the past. That wasn't yep. necessarily outside the realm of possibility. But he doesn't look as if he's going to give in. He looks determined. And so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens on February 15th. As you have pointed out, this is the decisive moment now. If he does not get the wall now, then he's done and probably America is done. But if he does, then the whole political landscape changes for generations. And, and, that's, and that's why there's so much on the line here, and Trump knows that in the back of his mind. And I really think, and, and I, I actually almost know for a fact, that there's no way when February 15th hits, he's going to give the same sort of speech. If Congress hasn't come to some sort of deal uh, – I would I would be very surprised uh, if Trump did any sort of caving. I would expect him to go out on that podium and say, I'm either shutting down the government again or I'm declaring a state of emergency. But I, I think he's going to declare a state of emergency. And, and you know, it's you look at the migrant caravan. Now there's another big one coming our way with 12,000 people. They just reported today, and the Democrats are so ignorant and so delusional and so oblivious i mean that they know they know what's going on but they're acting dumbfounded to their supporters acting like these people coming in are are, are victims and it's just the way they're the, the this shouldn't be about politics this is about america and our protection you know well it should be but of course we know there's nothing spontaneous about these caravans somebody's paying for them probably some uh, very wealthy globalist socialist internationalists who want to destroy Trump 
and try to create incidents at the border that they can use for propaganda purposes, just like the Palestinians in Gaza create incidents at the border that they try to discredit Israel with, uh, firing weapons into Israel at the IDF, uh, sending kites that are uh, loaded with Molotov cocktails over the border, things like that. And then when Israel retaliates, it's presented as if they fired upon innocent civilians who were minding their own business on the other side of the fence. And this is the same kind of thing we saw with that photo that went all over the world and was on the front page of every paper and was everywhere on the Internet of this woman with two kids and there's tear gas a tear gas canister right behind them and it looks as if oh my goodness trump is gassing innocent women and children and then you, see, you start to look closer at the picture and there are these people uh, casually posing for photos about 10 feet away and uh, a lot of reporters around and nobody seems to be taking any notice the kids are barefoot and you think did they did they walk these barefoot kids up from honduras without shoes and uh the kid's five years old, older, wearing a diaper, and the whole thing starts to stink. And uh, it was obviously staged, obviously trying to uh, make Trump look as bad as possible. And there's going to be a lot more of that the more these caravans come up. But this is all just a rearguard action, really, because ultimately the Democrats know that Americans actually want border security, and they're with the president on this. And so they have to resort to this dishonest demonization to try to make any headway in his support on this issue. Right, and we just saw, Robert, uh, they – just like yesterday, there was a headline again, you know, this week. uh, Republicans have offered a trade, DACA for the wall and Democrats are still uh, being, you know, oppositional, but something tells me, uh, I don't think they will be as oppositional uh, when it gets closer and closer to February 15th, but I don't know. Again, I don't know. I, you know, I, if I was a betting man right now at this point, I would say Trump uh, has no other choice, but to declare a state of emergency. Um, and I think some yeah. people on the yeah. left are trying to try and call his bluff. I think so. Uh, uh, he I has no other choice. Can I ask a question here? Uh, do you think yeah, that go, Donald go ahead. Trump yeah, plans to give Nancy? Your thoughts on this? Well, I just have a comment. There's very little to add when Robert Spencer's on the panel because he does such a wonderful job of uh, of uh, encapsulating the issue. And, uh, uh, but all I was going to ask is, should Trump send uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, 50 red roses as a Valentine's <laughs> Day present on Friday night, February 14th? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The thing about I, Pelosi is they 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 both can't back off. find some with a lot of thorns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, exactly. they both can't back off. They both are dug in because uh, the Democrats have never had to retreat. They've never had to moderate. They've never had to give on any positions because they've been dealing with the right. likes of John McCain and Mitt Romney for so many years, Amen. and Amen. Uh, Amen. Th- they've always gotten everything they wanted. And so this is a whole new thing for them. And I don't expect that uh, they're going to change or, or, or start to talk about having any kind of wall at all 
they're just going to keep dug in and against it and figure that ultimately the Republicans will abandon Trump to the extent that he won't be able to follow through on his own, just mm-hmm. like they did today, stabbing him in the back in the Senate in regard to the withdrawals from Syria and Afghanistan, which are long overdue. Yeah. Oh, but the and, neat thing yeah, about that, again, yeah, ahead, the, the, the interesting thing about it is uh, that uh, – this is not a new phenomenon, as Robert just mentioned, and, and Valerie knows this, because uh, President Reagan, I believe in 85 or 86, depended on the integrity of the Democratic members of Congress before he went forward with uh, his concessions on the original amnesty bills, if you all are old enough to remember back that far. And uh, as soon as he, he he made the concessions that he made, of course, I don't know whether, it's right, whether it was right from Texas or who it was, but they... Uh, or whether it was still that fat guy from Massachusetts, but uh, uh, but, but anyway, you know, uh, but you know, uh, they they basically, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be unkind, to you, but anyway, and and the whole thing about uh, Tip, oh well, that could be either one of them, but they always said that Reagan used to drink after hours with uh, Tip O'Neill, and Valerie will uh, ascertain that this is in fact correct. Reagan yes. didn't drink. It is Once correct. in a while, he had a I glass of wine with his wife. That's one of the biggest mythologies going on. And uh, as soon as uh, as soon as Tip walked out, Reagan said, "Okay, I'm taking a nap, and uh, don't bother me with that guy again for another month or two. And uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he knew how to deal with these people, and Trump does too. And I, the one thing that encourages me, Robert, is that uh, Trump doesn't care. And uh, you know, Obama yeah. made the executive order uh, the, the the rule of the day. Other than Obamacare, can anybody here tell me a bill that Obama? shepherded through both houses of congress I'm, I'm sure there must have been something in eight years but i can't think of what it was and let's face the facts here that you know president trump is carrying all of this on his shoulders and he knows he knows and, and i know I've, i probably said this earlier but he knows that if he does not deliver on this wall to his supporters he's not to say goodbye to 2020 like say goodbye. Like oh, it, we're you know, really, be, yeah. You know this, this yep. is the well, ultimate. That's one of the reasons, well, Rory. That's one of the reasons why I was so upset that he closes <clears throat> closes the government for 35 days, and that <clears throat> and I view it as like Robert said, he caved by just saying, okay, we're going to open the government because of the traffic control, air traffic controllers, and then there's no plan. I mean, if you're going to close the government, then have a plan. You know, this is what we're going to do at this part of time. But it just seemed like time was just going on and on, and people were complaining they weren't getting paid. And, and yeah. there was – it was just like he, he looked like to me that he lost, and that not only that, but the State of the Union address. That was another, you know, powerful thing, a powerful yeah. point for Nancy Pelosi. You know, she calls the shots on those two events right away, and it gives her more power. And Trump looks like he never, you know, he didn't have a plan. Yeah. yeah and well, speaking, of the state of the un- speaking of the State of the Union, uh, you know, that will be tomorrow. And uh, it's going to be very interesting and uh, very uh, exciting uh, to see what uh, – our president has to say. I think he, there's going to be quite a few uh, things that he'll reveal uh, in his speech tomorrow um, that may catch us off guard. I think, you know, uh, the one thing about this president is he is so profound. He is so one of a kind. He is so yeah. uh, brilliant. And it, it's like he know. and I've said this on my show, he know before, 
He knows politicians way better than they know themselves. He's been dealing with them for all these years. Uh, he's been around them. So, I mean, you know, this is not nothing new to him. Uh, you know, there, there's a reason that he has got so, you know, as much done as he has, uh, you know, because he knows how to, in a lot of ways, if you must, outsmart them. Um, I, I really think he has a, a big plan up his sleeve uh, for, for this wall. I just have a really good feeling about this. Um, I do want to. I do want to ask you though, Robert. Let's go into this because I talked about this briefly on my show the other night. I want to, you know, talk to you about this because you've been studying this and people have made certain theories that it may be connected to ISIS. You know, there were multiple shooters, but the Vegas shooting. They said they concluded the investigation the other day. The FBI said there's no more, nothing more to investigate here. What about all the sealed documents? What about all the witnesses that said they saw multiple shooters? What about the fact that this guy, in less than two minutes, you're telling me one guy can do all that damage? I call bullshit. There's no way. Yeah. This, is, this is absolutely absolute insanity. Look at all the cameras. Look at all the technology. Look at the way everything's set up in these hotels these days and all the security around. Are you telling me that this was not an inside job? I strongly believe, and I have studied this for days on end, this was an inside job just like 9-11. So Rory, well, I don't know. We talked also, about that the other day on my show, and you're absolutely right. And there, there's no way they could have gotten all of the uh, shooting materials into that building without some – cooperation from somebody and uh uh the whole thing stinks to high heaven the timing was uh was uh, suspicious and um you know i don't think there was one shooter so i mean uh you we, we visited about that on uh yesterday on my program i think rory so uh uh but you yeah, can I was go on, to I was on your show you yesterday can, you can go to a what lot of these about the idea uh, that isis claims responsibility and that exactly. um, he apparently exactly. had had converted to Islam, uh, I don't know, a month or two before and had an Islamic name, um, that kind of stuff. Was that, was that is, discussed? Yeah, which is why I brought it up to Robert, because Robert, he's, well, the you FBI know, never said anything about that. The FBI they all never said it didn't happen, that there was no evidence. Yeah, well, the there thing was is, no is evidence. that ISIS... There's no evidence, but on the other hand, ISIS ne- has never claimed uh, responsibility for an attack that it was not involved in. It's widely assumed that they go around claiming everything, but they don't really. Uh, don't. If you look yeah. at it, there are a couple of times when they did claim something, and it, the claim was dismissed. But then later, there was a big attack in the Philippines that, that was the main example of this few years back, and ISIS claimed responsibility, and the police said, no, 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 we don't see any connection of ISIS to this. But then uh, months later, after the investigation had proceeded, the police announced, well, yeah, it turns out these guys were ISIS. And so there is never – if Las Vegas was not ISIS time, that they claimed something that they didn't have anything to do with. You have that on the one hand. Then you also have the fact that the FBI has been revealed – uh, over the last few years, to be deeply corrupt and not honest. I mean, we know this from Comey. We know this from the deep state, from how they're trying to take down right. Trump. Uh, that fellow, yeah. the smirking guy, what's his name? Strzok, Peter Strzok, right. uh, and yep. uh, all these people who have been dedicated in the FBI instead of trying to protect Americans 
to, to tr- trying to destroy Trump because he they oppose his politics. And I also have a personal uh, addition to that in that the FBI tried to have me killed in 2015. And you can say, oh, now we're in the twilight zone. This guy's crazy. But let me tell you the story very briefly. Elaborate. Before I, before I gotta go. Yeah. Uh, Pamela Geller and I co-organized and co-sponsored and were speakers at a Muhammad art and cartoon contest in Garland, Texas, outside Dallas, May 3rd, 2015. And we were standing for the freedom of speech after the Charlie Hebdo massacre, the massacre of the Muhammad cartoonists. We were saying at least some Americans are not going to be intimidated into silence and bullied by threats. We're going to stand up and say we're defending the freedom of speech. So we had this event. It was a very nice event, 300 people, uh, very pleasant evening. But then a couple of guys from ISIS, first ISIS attack on American soil, they uh, opened fire in the parking lot. They They drove all the way from Phoenix, eight hours, to kill us. And we had hired, however, very uh, extensive security, and they, they themselves ended up getting killed before they could get in. Now, oh it gosh. came out much later, came out much later that there was an FBI undercover agent who was in touch with these guys, and he was actually encouraging them. He was egging them on. He said, tear up Texas to them. He was, he was hoping they were going to attack our event. And now, look, if you were in the FBI and you knew that a couple of ISIS guys were going to attack a a room full of 300 people, wouldn't you have some agents there ready to stop them? But they had nobody there. The only guy they had there was the undercover agent who was egging them on, who who actually drove into the parking lot right behind the shooters and took a picture of the cop that they shot right before they shot him. How did he know they were going to shoot that guy? I mean, there's so many uh, uh, weird questions about this. And, of course, the FBI stonewalled everything. The cop who got shot filed suit, and it was just shut down, dismissed, because of all these uh, supposed security interests that prevent the feds from saying what happened. But I'll tell you what I think happened, the only thing that makes sense of it. Either they're total clueless dopes, and so they know that there's going to be mass murder at this place, and they're just prepared to let it happen and don't send anybody to stop it. But or they're not clueless, they're evil. And this is actually the theory that I favor, that Barack Obama had gone to the UN and said the future must not belong to those who slander the prophet of Islam. And there we were doing exactly that, or at least not being very favorable to the prophet of Islam. And the Obama FBI wanted to make an example of us and get us killed so that other people would be too scared to stand up for free speech after that. Wow, Robert, this is my, this is mind blowing, and I know a lot of people want to respond to that. But go, going back to um, the situation with Las Vegas, the way you studied that that story, oh, like if you if you put it into a you summarize it, what, what, how do you how do you describe it? What do you think happened? I mean, you you researched this stuff very carefully. I, I think that it might have been that there was somebody on the inside of, or somebody who was involved in law enforcement that was also caught up with uh, unsavory organized crime elements in Las Vegas, and they don't want that to come out. That's one possibility. The other possibility is that they're just covering up their total cluelessness 
and that this guy was able to gather all these weapons and get them into this hotel room, this guy or these, these guys, and they did, nobody ever noticed, despite there being, as you've noted, cameras all over the place in every hotel nowadays. And uh, they were so incompetent in dealing with this that they're uh, just hoping it will go away and trying to quash the evidence in their embarrassment. Or maybe it's some combination of those two things. Very well said. Let's go to Josh. Yeah, you know, I've that story is fantastic that you just told, uh, Robert Spencer. To the extent of, I'm I'm concerned about this this Vegas shooting now because, just like your story that I've never heard of, that you would have thought would have made some sort of news, never heard of it before. <laughs> I'd never heard that story anywhere before except right now. The fact that I had never heard of that makes me also think that this Vegas shooting is going to get swept under the rug just like most things have. As soon as sure. the press they stops wanted, talking they about it, it exactly. Well, and the majority of people are just going to forget about it just because, I mean, it's not on CNN, Fox News, or NBC in the morning, which is a real, which is yeah. a real shame because – the, the reality of a news story doesn't matter anymore. It matters that, well, you've gotten the – basically, you got the gist of it. You kind of figured out what happened. You don't need to really know the actual details of it. That would be foolish. Just go off and you know, continue to vote in your election and uh, have a jolly good time. Yeah, absolutely. They want the story forgotten. And the way that the news cycles work nowadays and the, how dishonest the media is, it will be forgotten. Mm-hmm. And the only people who will be talking about it are us on this show and others like it. <laughs> the, but there's mostly it will just be swept under the rug. And in our case, in Garland, with the attack and the, the, uh, the apparent complicity of the FBI, just imagine. I think it's, it's all about politics. Imagine if it were Linda yep, Sartour sure. who had a conference and – there were shooters there, and then it turned out that the FBI knew that the shooters were going there but didn't have anybody there to protect the people there. Do you think there would be news about that? Do you think there would be an outcry? <laughs> Do you think it would be maybe on the, on the front uh, page of every paper for about six weeks running? But we, Geller and I, you know, we're not on the right side. We dissent from the leftist agenda, and so the story never, never made any impression anywhere. And you look at how uh, Robert, superior you, you look at. Oh, go ahead, Valerie. Do you think that this was a um, Islamist attack in Las Vegas? It could have been. I think that it's very important to remember that ISIS has never claimed an attack responsibility for an attack that it didn't end up having responsibility for. That uh, makes a, a great deal of difference, as far as I'm concerned. At the same time, the uh, the fact is that ISIS has never shown any proof. They don't have any the internal communications with the guy, Paddock, the shooter. They don't have – they've never presented any actual evidence to support their view. I think that's not disqualifying in itself because maybe uh, the, the whole thing was not online. They know better than to go online for the most nowadays because everything online is being watched. Uh, but right. – uh, that seems to be the big unanswered claim about this that the police ought to at least have investigated, but don't seem to have done so. The police and the FBI. 
or else they have and they've buried it because they don't because exactly they say he was some crazy guy or something. But I think wasn't his girlfriend interviewed and I thought she did confirm that he had um, c- converted it to Islam. I'm not, I don't know, and I that doesn't heard that. That in itself isn't the problem. You know, it's um, yeah. Anyway, I hear what you're saying. And, and you know what scares me, Robert? What what is terrifying to me is the alpha and superior stance that these Muslims have taken into our country. I mean, we just saw uh, an article today that a Nike shoe is, is trying to, they're trying to boycott a Nike shoe because it's offensive yes. to Muslims. Did you hear about that? Yes. And they're uh, I mean, boycotting what, toilet what paper to? in the U.K. Oh, well, it's, it's a, it's a power play. They're trying to, uh, uh, make it very clear that whatever they dislike, we have to stop doing. And it's about esa- establishing the supremacy of Islam and Muslims, which is mandated in Islamic law. And so these silly things like make it, pushing Nike around, really the idea is <laughs> they don't really care about the shoe. It's just to show that Nike has to toe the line when they, when they say so, and so does everybody else. I mean, it, it's mind-blowing. Clint, go ahead. Case, can, oh. oh, Valerie, go ahead. I'll make it real quick, Clint. Um, Robert, I wanted to ask you, I wrote an article about the two new women that Muslim representatives from um, Minnesota and Michigan, um, and I'm very concerned, you know, they're, they are the first that are getting in for women, from the women any, anyway, um, into Congress. And they're immediately wanting to change laws on behalf of Islam. The first one is to allow the hijab on on the on the house floor. Uh, do you have any? I mean, what are your thoughts about these two particular ladies? I I view I view them as very anti-Semitic Linda Sarsour types that are um, affiliated with Louis Farrakhan, and I'm really concerned that they are going to create you know, a caucus of many more just like them. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what they're going to do. And the, uh, the remember that there were 90 Muslims running for various offices around the country in yep. 2018, and they're trying to get political power. Of course, the Democrats want to showcase them as showing that they're diverse and inclusive and all that ridiculous uh, identity politics. And so they're embracing their anti-Semitism and their uh, hatred and making excuses for it. Uh, this is uh, – it's only going to get worse in this regard. The uh, left is increasingly open in its anti-Semitism, and there are likely to be more Muslim congressmen elected next time. And these are uh, – the two of them uh, from uh, Michigan and Minnesota, Tlaib and Omar, they are – in districts where they could be reelected 20 times if they want. Mm-hmm. That it, was mind-blowing. That those bro. states are doing anything about it. In fact, I know Governor okay. Dayton in Minnesota is all on board with it. Yeah, absolutely. Dayton is a real Mensa member. I'll tell you, he, uh, he's in line for the Maxine Award. Uh, for this week, I don't know if he's going to get it or not. We will, won't announce it until tomorrow. 
But, uh, you know, there are, there are facts involved. They've been in some of Mr. Spencer's books. Uh, you know, we, and I, I had a, the conversation today with uh, a couple of members uh, that, this morning from the Netherlands. Uh, one is uh, a minister uh, over there, and the other is a guy named Gilder, who is the, probably oh, the here. only. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. And, um, and he is really almost by himself in standing against the Islamic expansion in Amsterdam and in other parts of uh, the Netherlands. Uh, he's had, Excellent. like Mr. Spencer, he's had multiple assassination attempts. Anybody that's yeah. been in Europe uh, in the last uh, 10 years has seen the decline. I have a, uh, a cousin from Denmark originally who London School of Economics guy, worked for the, the uh, European Union and the OECD all over the world, lived in Paris with his wife for 10 years. Finally, he decided they needed to get out. He's now with the World Bank in Washington. And, uh, I mean, this is a Scandinavian of extremely liberal roots who has become a conservative and a supporter of Donald Trump. And that is exactly the – and this is no dummy. This is a guy with three or four <laughs> doctoral degrees and uh, London School of Economics, and he, you know, he handled out billions of dollars to third-world countries. <laughs> he now sees that as a complete scam. I'm not going to say who he is because of security reasons, <laughs> but, but the truth of the matter is the, the, the tide has flipped. And uh, Mr. Spencer, Valerie, you might – Josh, you might tend to – think i'm a little extreme here i'm not so sure it's so it's not over for europe already and if you remember oh, uh it was it mark was it mark stein who wrote the book uh, maybe 10 years ago america alone do you remember that book yes uh yeah, and, great and that's where we are and that's where we are and uh we can really other than israel we can depend on no one okay because they've all coalesced and capitulated to the muslim threat london I mean, you know, for such a dynamic, wonderful city, there are more mosques in the city of London than there are churches. And, I mean, yeah. you know, and, and Muslim behavior changes with the number of people in the population percentage that are of Muslim uh, faith. And, you know, we know that Henry Ford brought over thousands of Muslims in the 20s and 30s to work in the auto plants in Detroit. That's why you have so many people in, in Michigan. That's where, that's where they got planted there originally. And so, uh, you know, to sit here and say we've got no borders, we have no sovereignty, people like John Lurch Carey say we don't need borders, or, you know, people like Tom Steyer and, and uh, George Soros and the rest of these idiots, uh, and they're not idiots, by the way. I believe, Soros, I believe Soros is funding the caravans, uh, which is something that yep. someone said earlier. These are, these are not just spontaneous things. If they were, they would have started many generations ago. I mean, there have been television sets in Mexico and Central America for a long time, they would have been, and, and you know, this, this would have started in a much more uh, aggressive move many, many years ago. And uh, anyway, I, I don't mean to monopolize the conversation, but I think we're in extreme danger. I think we've got maybe this guy's second term to get this turned around. And assuming he is not the victim of an assassination from the inside, which I'm very concerned yeah. about with respect to the FBI, and the CIA, okay? I think the FBI is, uh, I don't think he's safe with the Secret Service. I think he needs special protection. I don't know if he's getting it or not, but if he's not, he needs to. I asked a special agent, uh, in, in a, a CIA gentleman on my show today, is Trump safe with the, with the Secret Service? His comment was, I think he needs to very ser seriously improve his protection. Okay? Wow. And, uh, yes. Much as I love Mike. Folks, Pat. I'm sorry to say I got to run. Game changer. 
So okay, anyway. Robert Spencer. Robert Spencer. Um, I, I know. Was that you? You said you got to go. Yes, I, I do have to go. I'm sorry. But, okay, no uh, worries. It's very I, late I do out want. Here. I, yeah, I do want to thank you uh, for coming on, and uh, I want to give uh, Valerie or Josh any final questions for Robert Spencer. I have one. I have always have questions for Robert Spencer. Um, real quick, He's fascinating. I, <laughs> what is, you what guys is are your, so nice. Your You're hired. <laughs> I read your stuff every day. Um, so what is your, um, your thought about how close the, you know, the, um, the plan that the Muslim that we learned about from the, um, the explanatory memorandum, which was found in Virginia in Falls Church in a, in a uh, building years ago, in uh, someone's apartment years ago. Um, there's a wow. specific plan that the Islamists are, are following, and I, um, I know that we're, they seem to be on track. What is your plan for, what is your thought about the next, like, 10 years? I mean, this is the end of the plan where they're really going to take over. What are your your thoughts about that? Well, I don't know that it'll be in 10 years, but certainly it's been working great. Uh, and they have every reason to be pleased. Uh, the plan says that uh, the, uh, well, I'll give you a quote from it. It says the brothers, the Muslim brothers in the United States must understand that their work in America is a kind of grand jihad in eliminating and destroying Western civilization from within and sabotaging its miserable house by their hands and the hands of the believers so that it falls and Allah's religion is victorious over other religions. Now, there's one part very important to zero in from in that, that they're talking about eliminating and destroying Western civilization from within, and then they say in sabotaging its miserable house by their hands and the hands of the believers. So what they're going to do is get us to destroy ourselves they're, by their hands the and the hands of, of the believers. Yeah, you look at Nancy Pelosi and Schumer, and they're dead set against anything that would defend America and Americans. And I think they really have gotten it into the heads of the left that it's somehow wrong and evil to want to protect your country and love your country and protect your family and uh, your, your, your uh, environment from threats. And so because of that, we are indeed destroying ourselves by our own hands. Right, and also yeah, it is. people that want to. Do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, uh, Josh. Yeah, final thoughts. Oh, go go ahead, Robert. Respond to her. Sorry. No, I'm saying they're they're doing great. They have. Uh, I mean, it's the same thing actually. You know, just today I was I should have been working, but I was I was goofing off on Twitter, and uh, these people are uh, the uh, these. Uh, People who believe in Islamophobia were after me and saying, you know, you're, you're hate, you're full of hate and all this stuff. And I think they've really done a number on people. They're actually people who honestly think out there that if you oppose jihad terror and Sharia oppression of women and so on, that you're full of hate. And this is, a, this is just lies and propaganda, but people have bought it. They've done it very well, and it's the same. They've been radicalized. Uh, Josh, go ahead. Final thoughts. Yeah, just real quick, Robert, I really appreciate the work that you do. I don't have a question, but I just want to thank, thank you, you for everything that you do because without people without. like you, we would be so much more in the dark. So thank you so much. Much appreciated. And, and Robert, my, Thanks, folks. Robert, my, fi- yeah. my final question to you is um, we do have to intervie- introduce our, our next couple guests here uh, in a second, but my final question to you, Robert, is 
you know, after they tried to assassinate you uh, in 2015 um, and, and go after you and, and kill you with um, pa- Pamela Geller, once you started talking about it, what kind of, um, you know, comments did you receive? Did, did you get a lot of people saying, uh, you know, you're just trying to spread a conspiracy? Did you get a lot of people believing you? Did they do an investigation? I mean, what was the outcome of that? There was no investigation. The FBI completely stonewalled. They've never given any information. But I've never encountered anybody who has said, that's nuts. That's just some crazy conspiracy theory because it all makes sense, and there really isn't any other explanation. Uh, if, the, oh. the, if, if they knew about it beforehand, which they obviously did, they should have had people yeah. there to protect the, 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 the event, and they didn't. So either they're just absolutely abjectly stupid or they wanted us dead. Very well said. Yeah, it, it absolutely makes sense, and and we see all the the secretive stuff our government does, uh, you know, behind closed doors and all the the corruption. I mean, it goes on and on. But Robert Spencer, tell everybody where they can find you, uh, all your information and yeah. uh, your books and all your merchandise and your work. I'm at jihadwatch.org, J-I-H-A-D Watch.org, updated many times daily. With news and commentary about jihad activity in the United States and around the world, and at Jihad Watch RS on Twitter, and there's a Facebook page, but it's shadow banned. You'll probably not be able to find it. And the latest book is The History of Jihad from Muhammad to ISIS, which is available on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and at any self-respecting bookstore. Excellent. Robert Spencer, it is always a pleasure having you on the show. You're a good friend of the show. You've been on many times, and uh, we'll have you back on soon. Thank you so much, sir. Great. Always a pleasure for me, too. Thanks. Have a great evening. All righty. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back in about a minute. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaceSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind the scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert. 
to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. Excellent. Welcome back to the Rory Sauter Show. We were just with the great Robert Spencer, fantastic guest. Every time he comes on the show, uh, he's always got so much to talk about. Uh, I mean, the guy's lived a hell of a life. I mean, very profound, uh, just uh, so brilliant. And it always uh, it gets more and more interesting every time we talk to him. But I do, I do want to inter- introduce our next um, couple guests. Uh, first and foremost, very popular guy. Um, you've heard him all over the nation and probably even internationally. Uh, he's in over 280 markets, nationally syndicated radio show host, successful businessman, public speaker, political strategist, uh, consultant, and activist, Bill Martinez. How are you, sir? Hey, Rory. I'm doing great. Good to be talking to you. How are you? Uh, great, man. Well, it's great to have you here. Uh, your first time on the show. Um, I also uh, want to welcome attorney, lobbyist, Democratic state senator, and author of the new book, Democratic state senator in Louisiana, and author of the new book, a bestseller, Robert Mueller, Aaron Boy for the New World Order, John Milkovich. How are you? Rory, I just need your energy, and I like what you're saying about the bestseller part. I'm not, uh, Mr. Martinez is helping me. I'm not sure I'm there yet, but great to- it's well, great to be on the show, and I want to say uh, Mr. Spencer deserves a lot of credit. His his expertise is incredible, and uh, Bill, I, I want thank you for the outstanding work that you're doing in America. Well, uh, you know, I don't know if Rory was aware, but uh, you and I were in a deep conversation just this morning, so it's good to be talking to you, what, about uh, 12 hours later, right, John? <laughs> Well, buddy, listen, you're sharp. I don't know that I was keeping up with you, but it was an honor. So I, I need no, your man. command of current events and Rory's energy, and we'll be good to go. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> I love, uh, let's, I love let's, it. let's have at it here. I love it. I love it. So, Bill, since it's your first time on the show, um, you know, with, with my guests when they first come on, uh, you know, I like them to give their background, how it all started, you know, uh, your career, you know, what, you know everything uh, – up until this point, I mean, uh, the journey. Well, uh, it has been uh, a fun ride. I mean, I got involved in radio. Believe it or not, it was on my way to the priesthood, <laughs> and uh, that's uh, really where I was heading. I thought I was going to be a, a marrying old priest, and uh, things changed within the Catholic Church that uh, kind of rocked my, uh, my spiritual senses. And so I went on a journey in search for God and uh, because uh, – you know, I just felt like I, I, I lost him along the way. And so I started studying all kinds of different faiths and religions. And, a lo- and along the way, I decided, I said, okay, well, maybe maybe the uh, priesthood is not for me. And I'll do uh, plan B. And plan B was to be a, a PE coach, coach basketball and baseball and live happily ever after and my uh, around my white picket fence with my 2.3 kids. And um, when I was going to college, I um, – got invited to, because I was in student government, I was class president at the time, uh, invited to run the campus radio station. So I did, and I thought, wow, this is, a, you know, th- this could work for me. I could do this part-time, get through school, because I was working at the time. I was carrying about 19 units at the time, and 
working you know, about 30 hours a week at uh, Montgomery Wards. Uh, John, you may remember Mo- Montgomery Wards. I think Rory's too young to remember uh, Montgomery Wards. But, uh, uh, Bill, I'm definitely old enough to remember uh, Monkey. I mean Montgomery Wards. Yeah, we knew it as Monkey Wards. You're right. But I, it was great. I mean, I, I had a, I had a good time. Got through, you know, got through school. But uh, uh, I got the bug as far as uh, you know being on the radio because I, I was this radio's uh, station manager, and um, you know, and I just uh, saw it as a means to an end to get me through school. But uh, a funny thing happened is that uh, all of a sudden I started connecting, and people, you know, said, "Hey, look at." You've got some talent here, and um, before I knew it, I was working at a major media market in Bakersfield, California, which was kind of a you know a, a landing, uh, the next step to Los Angeles. And when you're uh, in radio, that's where you want to be. You want to be in either L.A. or New York. And so uh, here I had a chance. And then uh, as things were things would happen, you know, comes Vietnam and uh, you know uh, conscription and ping pong balls. And I think my number was like 224 or something. So I ended up, uh, you know, entering in the military and was blessed to, uh, and I know you won't hear this very often, but I tell you, I really was blessed to, uh, you know, enter into the Marine Corps. So I'm a former Marine and, uh, because of my background in radio, I was fortunate to end up, you got it, my honor. And, uh, so because of my background in radio, and already having two brothers that the State Department or, you know, the Department of Defense was dealing with being in a combat zone, kind of a, you know, a Private Ryan kind of story. Uh, they were already in country and having fun with them. Here I'm the third brother coming into play. And uh, as fortune would have it, because of my radio background, I ended up doing Good Morning Cam Pendleton. Uh, I tell people not as funny as Robert <laughs> Robin Williams. Uh, but, but I had as much fun as the Marine Corps would allow me to. So I did radio and television for my stint. And then um, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I ended up, uh, uh, you know, just really uh, the career really kind of took off. And I ended up in uh, working in Los Angeles with uh, Wolfman Jack. He was, uh, you know, the star there at the at the radio station at K-Day Radio in Los Angeles. And so, uh, you know, from there, then, you know, I went to, yeah, Kiss Radio for five years, and uh, and then KRLA with Art LeBeau and the world famous Art LeBeau, and uh, and then I, you know, from there I started, uh, you know, getting heavily involved with uh, uh, media management and and radio station management and uh, programming and that sort of thing. So, uh, so I was uh, away from the microphone because I was, you know, running radio stations and building sales teams and all that. Uh, for about 25 years, when a dear friend of mine in Los Angeles, uh, Rich Bueller, who was uh, probably the the first uh, Christian talk show host in Southern California and very popular, well, he was diagnosed with inoperable pancreatic cancer. And his wife called me up and said, Bill, can you help us out? And said, Absolutely. So for eight months, I uh, substituted for him and held, uh, tried to hold position for his show. And the exposure was very positive because K Bright had a huge signal. And it was tied in with a sister station in San Francisco. So here we are covering about 85% of the state of California. And uh, some people heard me and said, gosh, you know, we've never heard of a conservative Hispanic before. And I had to laugh about that because I said, well, obviously you don't know much about Hispanics because at the very core of their culture, they are, uh, they are very, very conservative. Uh, right now they're, uh, you know, there's some uh, elements and, and, parts of the demographic that are influenced by what the Democrats are selling. But I've got to tell you uh, more and more of the Hispanics and families that I speak with right now are totally incredible as to what's happening with the party. Yeah, absolutely, John. Absolutely. 
uh, exactly. interrupting, but I, I'm going to say, no, you know please. what? We we need to we need to acknowledge this because we're dealing with this immigration question. Well, you know, we need to get to the full truth of it. And the full truth of it is, many many of these Hispanic families. It's, so we got some crooks come in. And we need to stop. But there mm. there is a sense of family that's central to their culture and godliness. I'm sorry for interrupting, but I was going to no no. Hey John, you, you and I you and I, talk, you and I talked you and I talked about this morning, and that's the deal. You know, with with illegals coming in, where do they go? I mean, you know, if, if they're Hispanics, if it's MS13, they're not hanging out in Beverly Hills. They're not hanging out in D.C. They're not hanging out next to the Obamas. They're hanging out with, with their own kind, and, uh, and sadly, they're killing their own kind. When they, uh, when they sex traffic, they're not sex, sex trafficking white girls. They're sex trafficking their own people, these young girls whose family. Rory, can you imagine? I, I don't know if you can get your brain around this because I have a hard time doing this. Is parents, you know, uh, sending their daughters you know, 12, 1,500 miles away walking and saying, oh, honey, before you go, here's some birth control pills because chances are you're going to get raped on the road, and I don't want you to get pregnant. How do, and you, how do you kiss your daughter? I know, and we've taught, you know, it, it, it disgusts me. I think it's the most despicable, I mean, horrific, I mean, it, you can't even fathom it. It is so anti-human, uh, that whole uh, scenario that they give their kids birth control because they know that there's a good chance they'll get raped when they're going right. uh, to the border, and all of, all of the all of these different you know things that it just blow it, it blows my mind the fact that if if, if women's rights matter if, if if kids matter why aren't the left talking about all these minors getting raped at the border why why aren't they bringing this up because it it is a fact. I mean, the left only wants to go off of the narrative that makes them feel comfortable, the, the stuff that they want to hear, not the truth, the stuff they want to hear, which is – I mean, it's mind-blowing. And the way the manipulation and brainwashing ha- has evolved on, on these networks like CNN and MSNBC, uh, I mean, it's the most disgusting thing. They enable MS-13. They enable all this crap. Uh, they're enabling uh, – uh, I don't know if you guys saw this story. I'm sure you did. It was about a month ago. 11-year-old tra- tra- kid that identifies, identifies as trans uh, dancing, stripping in a gay club in New York. 11-year-old mm-hmm. kid. I mean, it, right. we're getting to a point in America where all this – I mean, this is all coming, like, together, and it's just mm-hmm. d- disgraceful. I mean, you got illegals. you got – People enabling kids to be trans when they're 11 years old on the left. I, I, where, when does it end? You got Muslim Islam. You got being totally uh, people saying it's okay on the left. It's the religion of peace. Uh, I mean, it, it's all these things in one. I mean, it's just a list, a list, a list. Abortions are women's rights to kill innocent lives. That's what you call women's rights. Oh my God, it's just it's crazy to me. Sorry, Bill. I went kind of on a rant. Sorry. Well, no, there's no need to apologize. I mean, you know, what you're saying is correct, and, and Main Street America and most of America gets it, and they're upset. They just – they really just don't know what to do. And But the fact of the matter is uh, – and again, John and I were talking about this this morning – is that America has lost its way. Its very soul is lost right now, and it's abandoned its core values that anchored it uh, to morality. 
Uh, and the fact of the matter is that this is the clear delineation. I'm, I'm saying this to you with all, you know, from the deepest parts of my soul, because I see this so clearly now more than ever, is the Democratic Party clearly, and I know there are some Democrats, this is going to probably wound them a bit, but here's the fact. They are anti-God. End of story. Yep. And so what yep. you have here is you've you got and I a were ta- You and I were talking about yeah. this actually yesterday or the day before on the right. phone. When we go to church with people that vote Democrat and actually believe in abortion, totally contradicts why, why they're at church, why, why they're practicing their faith, and, and why they're – you know, it just it, – it makes no sense. And it's totally well. Well, it, uh, it, it, it does. It does. It does in a bit here, Rory. Let me let me let me tell you why. Is because yeah. we're human, and we're we're erred. We 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 we've made mistakes, and we've right. lost our our understanding and appreciation for a forgiving God, a loving God, who says, no matter what you've done, I, I have enough love to cover that. But you see, right. people. People don't want to do this. I mean, I, I just I had a conversation it was quite interesting with uh, Sandy Patty, uh, you know, Grammy Award winning. I mean, stellar artist. Uh, people could not even imagine her story. And she just released a book called The Voice. She talks about being six years old and being molested at six. This is something she carried with her through her adult life. Didn't say anything to anybody, much less her parents, because she was molested by a family friend, by somebody that their Jeez. family had trusted. And uh, here's Jesus. a six-year-old six year girl. She carries this into her adult life. It ends up manifesting later on to the point that she ends up having an affair, gets a divorce, uh, and, and really is struggling. But, you know, by the grace of God, God still held on to her and, and carried her through to where she eventually could address the truth of the matter forgive herself and, uh, and be healed, truly healed. But it was a process. You see, and, and all this to say, Rory, is that this is what the church is dealing with, whether it's pornography, whether it's association with abortions. I mean, you, you would be blown away if you, if you really knew how many people in the pew on Sunday when you were at church, how many have had abortions, even thinking about abortions, uh, you know, paid for abortions, right there in the pew, or even how many men, I'm going to say men, but there's women as well, involved in pornography, you see, and all this stuff compromises our faith, it compromises our passion, and now it's being manifest in our culture to where you, you have, first it started in Hawaii, where they started, you know, really liberalizing the abortion process, it catches on all the way to Albany, New York, to where we're seeing this celebration, high five people jumping up and down, excited about this abhorrible, absolutely immoral, and this is what Nancy Pelosi needs there, this is truly immoral, a wall's not immoral, but what New York did is absolutely immoral, and it's followed up by what was what, what's being pronounced out of Virginia right now. And all this stuff, right. if good people don't say yeah. anything yeah. about this, then they think right. then then the regular masses start masses and total think, yeah. okay, well maybe they are right. Maybe there is no God. Maybe it doesn't. You know, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it's okay if I just see things and, and understand things based on eight second sound bites from the progressives. That's good. That's right. going to hold my worldview. And here's the biggest problem, and I know many people want to give their comments, which I'm going to get to everyone here in a second. But what bothers me a lot is that Nancy Pelosi identifies as a Catholic. Uh, she was raised Catholic, you know. You know, she's saying all this stuff, uh, but she's 
pro-abortion. She's for all these radical ideologies that totally go against Catholicism and any other religion, um, unless it's obviously something like Islam. I mean, the, 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 her ideologies are, are that extreme. But you have people like that. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know how they live with themselves. And I think there's a lot of voters in the Democratic Party that are still kind of stuck in a mindset that, that they haven't woken up from that they can still be a Kennedy Democrat because we all remember John F. Kennedy was a Catholic and he was pro-life. So I think there's old, you know, certain people that haven't got out of their ways and haven't woken up uh, to the reality of what the Democratic Party has really become. But at the same time, there's been a lot of people that have woken up to what the Democratic Party has really become. Um, John, look, at the, yeah, look at the 2016, look at the 2016 election. That's what that'll, that'll tell you they woke up. Oh, absolutely, Bill. You know, just to piggyback on the points you were making, um, you know, I, so I'm a lobbyist in, in Ohio here down in Columbus for a bill called the Heartbeat Bill, which says that mm-hmm. when a heartbeat's detected, the baby's protected. Um, and, you know, it's, it's been really difficult, even with the strong Christian base that we have in Ohio, to actually get people involved to do the work that need, you know, because when, when you're trying to do something grassroots like this, you need people. We don't have a huge lot, you know, we don't have a ton of money in our back pocket to lobby with. And it gets so frustrating sometimes when there's all these Christians that sit and do nothing and do nothing and do nothing. But at the same time, I feel like it's, it's easy to forget because, you know, because of specifically for me, it's easy for me to forget because of my sinful, um, you know, my sinful self that they are also, in the same amount of sinful and not, and just because, just because they are doing, you know, different things than I am, you know, it's very easy to throw judgment on those people, but it's, mm-hmm. it's the whole idea of, well, we're all in the same boat. Don't you? Know, I mean, we're all in the same boat. We're all saved by the same person. How, how do I, how do you, would you recommend dealing with like the, not to get frustrated from my position? Well, just, I do want to throw something in there, Bill, real quick before you answer. Okay. I do want to throw something in there um, with what re- relates to what Josh said. You know, with these states like New York, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the bill that New York just passed and the cruelty, and now it's expanding into other states. Um, you know, how do some of these people that sign this bill sleep at night? I mean, Andrew Cuomo claims he's a Catholic. He just signed one of the most worst inhumane horrific bills on earth but um yeah i I just wanted to interfere and and, you know say that but it just it blows my mind but uh answer josh's question josh uh what happens is that first of all we we are as as christians as people of faith we're not we're, we're called not to judge but it's just okay to you know you want to inspect the fruit so to speak right where is the fruit of your faith and uh and what happens is, and the Bible gives you a clear prescription as to how, how to address this. And if it's someone, especially that you know that you can have a conversation with, then you can go and confront that individual. But I, but I say just off the surface is this. Look, at God's big enough. This is really, this is God's problem. You know, we are his creation individually. And if you look in the book of Genesis, I, I always like to look between the verses to see what is God saying between the verses. 
and and between verse one and verse two, you read that there there was a void on the earth. There was darkness over the earth, right? And and it said that God's spirit hovered over that darkness. And that darkness, well, that darkness represents chaos. It it means that there was no connection with truth. Things were just going, you know, there was no order. It was out of control. Funny how that kind of looks a little bit like the United States today. And and when you study that and you understand the spirit of God hovering, that spirit is the Holy Spirit. So what we need to do as people of faith is call in the Holy Spirit to hover over that chaos. You and I can't we, – we can't deal with the chaos. We, we don't have enough reason. We don't have enough love. We don't have enough insight. Right. We ask for all the wisdom and everything. We, we're, we're incapable of doing it. Right. It's not our job. Right. It's not our lane right. to operate in. It's the Holy Spirit's lane. So when we get frustrated, oftentimes I find it's because we get outside of our lane and we're trying to, do, to, trying to do more for the kingdom than God has called us to be. It's his kingdom to, and his will to be done, not our own. And that is the challenge for people of faith to stay in your lane, allow God, pray God's will in these areas, and see what happens at that point. Because what, what occurs, what will occur, Josh, is that, you know, as the Bible talks about that aptly spoken word, right? It's that word that penetrates. It's that, it's that word that blesses. It's that word that enlightens. When you read how Jesus spoke with people who were messed up, it wasn't a big dialogue. It was just something very succinct to the point that, that really, you know, got their attention. And, and, he, and he did this with love, and that's what we're called to do is to be long on love, short on crit- criticism, and, and allow the Spirit of God who is in us to work through us and get, you know, get out of God's way. And uh, our frustration sometimes blocks his perfect will and right. his perfect right. way of doing this. I don't know if that, wow. that helps you or not. Well, Rory, let, Very let well. me say this, because Bill, yeah, Bill is so articulate, and it's really interesting that tonight we're not even talking about politics. We're talking about the Bible. Um, and, and what Bill says is true, that God's will be done. He is in charge. I, I would suggest this, though. To complete the picture, our pastor, I have one of the great pastors of America at our church, and I don't have his permission to use his name on but he probably wouldn't care either. But we have a two-legged Bible. Uh, if you're an academic, and I don't know that I really am one of those, you'd call it dialectic. But right. it is true that God's will be done. But the Bible, and the Bible says this, to know to do right and not do it is sin. So right. it is it is biblical and and listen, I, I, Josh, I've seen you on the show before. Uh, actually, when we did a video, and it was impressed. You're a young man from Ohio. I know that you're you're fighting. That fight is righteous. For the Lord, the righteous Lord loveth righteousness, and His countenance does behold the upright. To, uh, the Bible says that if you love Jesus, you obey His commandments. No greater love than this hath no man that he lay down his life for a brother. And, for you and, senators. and us to fight and, and by the way, we have fought and uh, for some anti abortion bills in Louisiana. Two thousand eighteen we the legislature passed four or five strong bills. Um I'm now being uh well, I guess probably don't need to get into that, but it might be a little bit premature. 
So it I, is. I was going to. I was going to bring up Senator Milkovich. I was going to bring up. You're bringing up the abortion topic. You know, after Cuomo signed that bill the other day in New York, the most inhumane bill you could ever possibly imagine, where a woman, you know, even as she's having her kid, she can decide to abort it, which is completely disgraceful and one of the most sickest things I've ever heard of. And but Louisiana, apparently, where you are. Uh, is thinking of doing the same thing. They're on the map. I was reading that in the news. Can you please elaborate on that? Well, I'm not aware of them trying to pass a bill that says you can kill babies. What we did in No, but nine months. They're trying to do the, what Cuomo did. No, well, I don't know who's trying to do that. The leg- That's not going to come through our legislature. What our legislature did in 2018, Rory and Bill and Josh and, and whoever's else on the show at this point, we passed one of the strictest anti-abortion pro-life laws in Louisiana, which says if you anyone tries to perform an abortion after the uh, after 15 weeks post-conception, in so many words, that's the simple form of it, you're going to jail. It's a criminal offense. And actually, Louisiana still has on the books. We have never repealed. The Supreme Court has repealed, but the Louisiana legislature has never repealed the law. Says the law that says any abortion is illegal, and we're waiting for the day that the United States Supreme Court says, yes, it is constitutional. Surprise, surprise. This is not a shocking concept. States can protect their, their unborn. But, but I, I said perhaps all this to say this, and, and I, I, I struggle, and I know I'm not as articulate as Bill. However, I do believe that there is an answer, and it's really what we're talking about tonight, getting back to God. And that means we do have to live as Christians. We need to get back in our churches. We need to strengthen the church. We need to be crying out to God. We need to be praying. And we need to be acting. As pastors whom I regard so highly often say, you can't do anything until you pray. But once you pray, it's time to get it on. So I appreciate what Bill Martinez does, who speaks about Christ. That's an action. What he's done, he's not simply yes. thought about an omnipotent, um, an omnipotent God. Hey, God sent the rain, but guess what? Noah built the right. ark. So Bill Martinez yeah. is hey. out there building the ark. Josh, you are hey. building an ark for unborn babies. Amen. Amen to that. I want to shift topics in a second. But I, I do want to, you know, say something, you know, on this. And, and I'm, I'm extremely pro-life, always have been. Um, but, you know, once um, – because I, I, once this happens, and I know the Senate uh, was going to introduce a bill, and I think it's long overdue, when, they, when, the, gov- when the federal government stops funding abortions, you're going to see such a decrease – I believe in abortions, and I think it's going to strongly decrease, especially when females are going to have to pay for it themselves. You know, I think when you look at that, that the overall picture of that, I, I think it strongly de- decreases. And if Roe versus Wade ever gets overturned, I mean, I hope it does, uh, but I, I don't know. Uh, but I could definitely see uh, the bill being passed where women are responsible for their own abortion and us taxpayers, you know, why, why the hell us taxpayers should pay? You know, the women always say, we want to be in control of our bodies. 
especially the feminists, the ones that believe in abortion mm-hmm. and stuff. Well, if you believe in that so much, you pay for it then. I'm not, I'm not paying for that, for that stuff. Jesus. Uh, Bill, you have, um, for, you have been for many years, by the way. I thought I'd chime in here. No, I bit. know. Clint, what are your uh, thoughts on all this? Well, I, I appreciate Bill and also the senator from uh, Louisiana. Uh, I think I had Bill on my show five or six years ago, but I might be wrong. But I, I lived in Newport Beach and uh, commuted into Los Angeles, different places for only about 33 years. So I remember Kay Bright and I remember. Rich Bueller extraordinarily well, and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, very sad about it. I did not know of his passing, I must say, and I'm, I'm sorry to hear of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I, I think you, uh, it's, it's uh, hard to add a lot to that. I will say, though, that we, we sometimes have a tendency to, um, because if we see these things, we're inundated with them daily. And so we begin to perhaps lose a little bit of our grip or, or wonder what the outcome's going to be. But yesterday on our show, we had uh, Kimberly Fletcher and Amy uh, Clark from the uh, Mothers Movement, and they went to Washington on Monday night and gave a uh, – or Tuesday, was it the 29th, whatever that was. They gave a State of the Union address, which was streamed and was listened to by over 500,000 women and, and other listeners in the country and, uh, and had over 2 million hits on their website. And it was essentially the same thing that Donald Trump would have said, but it was enunciated by by six outstanding women. And uh, and I think we overlook a real asset that we have in this country. We don't overlook it. I mean, I know that everybody's aware, but I don't I don't know if Valerie's still with us or not. But we have a pretty strong group of people in this country called conservative American women. And these are and these are I'm people here, that, among I'm other here. things, I. I these are these are people that among just let me finish. These are people that among other things are concerned about the safety of their children and grandchildren, and do not yeah. like somebody like Nancy Pelosi telling them we don't need a wall. There's no money in the wall. She double crossed Trump, and I guarantee you, we'll, we will we will defund the government again on February 15th, and we'll see who yeah. wins this battle. And then Trump's been the first guy ever in my lifetime including, unfortunately, Mr. Reagan, who would take that kind of risk because, quite candidly, he is fearless. He does not care if he's reelected in 2020. He probably thinks if he got out of it, he could go back to New York and have a pretty good time, play some golf in Scotland. This man has been influenced by Christ. He is is the new Paul of this country. He – we had Dennis Prager in Omaha about a year and a half ago, and I I was the – master ceremonies of that particular breakfast, and he indicated he believes that uh, uh, that uh, Donald Trump is the equivalent of Paul uh, in that he has been sent uh, to essentially resurrect this country, a very unlikely uh, person, a tax collector and tent maker, uh, uh, kind of like Trump was, uh, uh, you know, uh, a casino owner in Las, in, uh, in Las Vegas and Atlantic City and owns uh, – a bunch of buildings with his name on all over the world. Donald Trump is a lot more than that, and uh, he's he's universally uh, discarded by his enemies as being stupid and ill-informed and a bad manager and all of these things. And yet he's the only president in our lifetime that got 70% of his campaign promises honored in the first two years of yep. his administration. Results yep. speak for and, themselves. And, and, absolutely. And, Clint, I, I've been saying, you know, I've been saying that, 
so many times on this show, within two years, over 70% of his promises fulfilled to his supporters. And, and, and I say this, too. Most presidents, when they leave office, they don't even fulfill 10% of their promises because they're too busy filling their own pockets. But I, I really want to bring up here, and, and can, Clint, can you I brought this. Something, Rory? Can I bring something? Yeah, go ahead. Because, uh, Dennis Prager is a dear friend. He and I worked together for five years when I was running KRLA in Los Angeles and very close. And I understand his, his uh, perspective on Paul. Uh, but, Clint, I would, uh, I would encourage you to read Jonathan Kahn's book, The Paradigm, if you have not. And Jonathan Kahn, okay, Jonathan Kahn is a Messianic rabbi, and he has brilliant insight. I love, I, I love people who appreciate Hebrew and, and the culture of it and uh, its whole genesis because it brings uh, to bear on the conversation and understanding of God's word and his, uh, his paradigm and how things work. And what Jonathan Kahn cited in his book, The Paradigm, he said that, uh, that, uh, that Donald Trump was the Jehu, the Jehu of, yeah. uh, of the current day. If you remember, Jehu was the one that God had appointed to bring judgment upon the house of Ahab, which involved Jezebel. And he brilliantly cites about that yesterday. He, yeah, he, sorry. He compares he compares Hillary Clinton to Jezebel. The number of years that she served in in government, uh, and, what, and of course we know what happened to Jezebel and Ahab, and it was uh, Jehu who came running with reckless abandonment. And when you look at the character of one Donald Trump. He came into Washington, D.C. with reckless abandonment, being the hand of judgment by God. Now, I believe that also this is why he's been protected. I know it was brought up earlier that uh, I, I think we're aware that there were, there's been at least three assassination attempts on President Trump. And, uh, and I agree with what one of the guests had said in terms of his protection. But again, we, we, we don't, what we underestimate is the power of prayer. We need to pray for this president Amen. and keep him, Amen. Uh, keep him protected because this is a spiritual Amen. battle above all things and taking place. And let's, let's not forget here. Let, let's not forget here. And I think it's fair to say, and I, and I think that certain people get sensitive what I'm about to say, but I also think a lot of people resonate on this level uh, to, and to this extent. And Clint, you and I have talked about this before. Um, I really, uh, you know, look at Donald Trump uh, as something out of the Bible. I mean, if, if you look at the, what he's doing and everything he's carrying on his shoulders, and he's one guy who's defeating the media, every crooked politician in Washington. He, there's nobody that can, you know, get in this guy's way. And you get, you get it, like, the way he is built, the way he was created on this earth, it, it's, he's not just an everyday human. There is something so special and so significant and so profound about this, about Trump, that you can't even put it into words. And if you really want to look at certain things in the Bible, you'll see a lot of similarities with what Trump's doing. Because I've said on the show many times, he's not only saving this country, he's saving the entire world. God sent him here for a purpose. God sent him here to save us because God knew where our country, where our country was going if uh, crooked Hillary would have uh, been elected. <laughs> I'm sorry that the use of that uh, idiom uh, just struck me as funny for a moment, but that uh, you guys have really come up with some pretty profound uh, 
thought chains here that need to be linked together. I was the one who said uh, some time ago that I had concerns about uh, Mr. Trump's safety, even with the Secret Service, because mm-hmm. I don't believe the FBI is uh, an organization that can be trusted anymore. Uh, you look at Comey and, uh, you know, everybody thought, and even Jim Callstrom, who is the FBI guy I've interviewed, who I have more respect for than any other FBI yeah. official I've, I've talked to, who had, you know, he yeah. ran the FBI's New York office. He investigated the, the TWA uh, uh, act, you know, uh, crash over Long Island, uh, what was it, 10, oh, it's been 20 years ago now, I think. It's been a while, but but uh, Callstrom was at first very convinced that, that Comey would run an independent investigation, but he quickly saw that wasn't happening, and he jettisoned his support for this guy. And then we went back in and we realized that Comey had investigated the Clintons on at least three other occasions and had found them without guilt every single time. This guy's on somebody's payroll. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, do you think there's much of a chance that this Virginia governor might not be in the pocket of Terry McAuliffe? I don't know. I'm just raising the question here. Real quick, Bill, before you you answer that, can you you respond real quick to what I said about the religious – because I know Clint agrees on on a certain level that that Trump it, it, the whole religious thing, but with Trump and how he you know this whole similarities with certain things in the Bible, how do you respond to that? And then obviously answer Clint's question. Well, I I, I think that uh, certainly you know in bringing up what Jonathan Cahn has cited in Jehu from the Old Testament and the uh, judgment on the house of of Ahab, uh, and 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 some of that judgment is yet to be fulfilled. Uh, you know, so certainly my, my first question and one of the things that I put out on my uh, on my Facebook and tweeted out was that picture on uh, on Trump's uh, uh, campaign plane when you had people of faith surrounding him with their hands on him, praying for him. Uh, that was uh, that was powerful for me. I thought, wow. And then and then I asked uh, an insider. Who, who knows Trump and he was part of the inside. I just said, is he, is he for real? Or are we going to end up with another, uh, another situation like Ross Perot? And, and the guy told me, he says, I had the same question. I, I had exactly the same question. And, and I can tell you from the inside, he's answered that question for me and look what's happened. I mean, you know, through the process, Michael Pence, he, he picks what he's done as far as judges and everything. One thing after another, as you cited, Rory, uh, you know, a promise is fulfilled. I mean, in the first two years alone, what he's been able to do, and he's done this against an antithetical media that insists yeah. on reporting negatively on him uh, 90% of the time. I mean, can you imagine Non-stop. if we were all in the same page, what this country would be doing? It'd be, it'd be absolutely awesome. But uh, I've anyway, never uh, seen, I've never seen a president. I've never seen a president like I wake up every single day and he's delivering on a new promise. He's signing a new deal for, for the benefit and greatness of our country. I've never seen any president this much involved. Uh, I mean, it's not even close. I mean, Trump has done way more than anyone, uh, and he's on a way higher level. I mean, you can't even compare him to anybody else. I mean, this guy's unbelievable. But keep going, Bill. Sorry. Well, well, no, no, no need. To, I, we're all having a conversation here, but I want to address something that Clint had, had uh, said just a moment ago, uh, in terms of you know, in, in a lot of ways, how courageous Trump has been. But also, I, I would just ask one question of the group: is that Trump had said that he was going to release all, all the paperwork, all the findings of the JFK assassination. 
My right. Oh, yeah, right. you and I what? talked about this yesterday. Oh, yeah, I love this. I, I got to hear this. this. Bill. this Keep going. Good. Yeah. My, Keep my going, Bill. This is, is great. Everybody's going to love this. What, why is it that he only released a portion, even though he said he was going to release everything? What stopped him? That's my question. I mean, there, I know the there answer. Does anybody, anybody want to take a shot at it? I know the answer. Conspiracy theories. I know why. I, well, I'll just tell you. I'll, Bill, I'll say why. Because they probably threatened Trump's family. Am I right? Uh, that's, my, that's my inclination to believe that, is that the deep state – I mean, Trump, Trump is not stupid. I, he knows how far he can push. The deep state is so corrupt, and it has been operating, and so deep. I mean, it's kind of like you know, I was sharing with Rory and, and Clint, I know, and, and John, maybe you might remember this. Uh, the first week that Trump was in office, he came out of the Oval Office, went walk, walking in the garden, and uh, the media was there, and they said, hey, Mr. President, how's, how's it going? He, and the look on his face told you more than he said. He just says, wow, this is a mess. It's worse than I thought. And I thought that was quite telling in terms of what he was able to see in the first week of our, our government, how messed up. The bureaucracy is how corrupt it is, and right now, uh, you know, when we talk about the Justice Department, what happened with Hillary, all this mess, thirty million plus dollars on this special counsel, which you could is only hope Bill, would have given you some information about the 2016 election, the corruption, the absolute corruption of the whole body electorate and the whole process. Yep. But no, we're, we're, we're chasing windmills over Russia, like Don Quixote. Yeah. This is insane. Amen. Well said. Well said. And you, nope. and you, yeah. you know, well you, br- you bring up all these points, um, you know, uh, Bill, about with, with, with what Trump went through. I mean, and you and I were talking the other day, and I know everybody wants to hear this. Uh, and, we, and I've gone into a little detail on this in the past, but I haven't gone into enough of it. Uh, 9-11, I mean, uh, it's another example, just like the Vegas shooting, Bill, that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, we, you weren't on the program earlier when we were talking about it with Robert Spencer, but, you know, you have your own theory on all of the, you know, all this stuff, like the Vegas shooting, 9-11, the Kennedy assassination. I mean, it's proof that our American government lies to us. I mean, right. there's no way that this guy in Vegas could have accomplished all of that on his own in less than two minutes. Any, any, more, with, any more than Lee Harvey Oswald with the $29 rifle could have blown the head off of the president of the United States. You see, the deal is, what, what this is all about, what this all comes down to, and, and John and I were talking about this morning, is that we need to reintroduce critical thinking back into the marketplace. You see, our, our, the kids, it is so pathetic. And it's sad for all, you know, all us parents who are paying fifty, seventy thousand dollars a year for our kids to be indoctrinated in these uh, educational institutions, and they've abandoned critical thought and substituted yep. it with indoctrination by these professors who live in the theoretical. And uh, you know, and, and this is a disaster. And because when you, you know, when you're not thinking and asking questions uh, and not probing, this is what our media is doing. This is how the media has misserved. The, we the people and have abandoned their primary purpose to exist to document history and to hold government accountable this is what our founding fathers wanted them to do and they've abandoned that and they've become opinionators and here it is all these resources that they have are being wasted uh for their own 
you know, the aggrandizement in, in, in order to go to the Beltway uh, cocktail party set, I guess. I don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Been to a few of those myself. Uh, wow. There's some real truth being spoken. Objective truth, critical thinking, and uh, uh, divorcing ourselves from the outcomes of things, pre, uh, pre-existing thinking. And uh, as Stephen Covey said in a lot of his books, think about the end game. What is yes. in the group of, in the, in the opinion of the, the four or five of you who are on the panel right now, what is the what is the deep state's end game? And uh, in fact, we we talked about on the Kennedy thing, which has fascinated me for years, uh, the fact that Kennedy was shot three weeks after he made proposals or at least noises about eliminating the central bank and the federal reserve and uh, right. uh he was treading on and they also pretty say big Clint, time toes there Clint, they also say that there there wouldn't have been a deep state as well because he was exposing that whole situation you know if kennedy would have still been alive maybe there would have never been a deep state well, well and john, trump and, have in and common and that, other than they chase yeah. women they what they both have in common is they have financial independence they don't mm-hmm. need other people to give them money to continue to do what they're doing, okay? And so that frees them to say, hey, you know what? I can get elected. I don't need to get elected. JFK lived every day of his life thinking he was going to die. You know, he had many health problems, as we all know. He had many other problems with women. Uh, I I heard a critical (laughs) question asked today. What is the difference between Kamala Harris and Stormy Daniels. Can anybody answer exactly. that Exactly. No, Rush Limbaugh said that. No difference. They're both <laughs> okay. left their way to the top. Uh, They're both whores. One's a prostitute, and the other is uh, all the other things you could say. And that sounds pretty darn judgmental, Bill, I've got to admit. <laughs> but it's, but it's, 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 it's also true, okay? Yeah. And, uh, you know, she was Willie's uh, plaything for nine years, with, having lived in California 35 years. Big Willie. Worked for Pete Wilson and George Duke Major, and I, I got to know Willie. I saw him all over the world. This guy was all over the – I saw him in Seoul, Korea in the uh, – in the lobby of the Sheila Hotel in 1999, he was over there getting money from the from the Republic of Korean uh, big time companies. Okay, and he's a corporate shakedown artist. Okay, just like Jesse and and uh, Al, whatever his goofy name is. And uh, so Are you talking about Al, I mean, Al Sharpton? That's the guy I'm referring to. Thank yeah. you, with Toronto Brawley. <laughs> and, uh, I got to tell you one thing about him though, real quickly, and that is I really admire whatever <laughs> diet he's on. And I've got to get on it because this guy has lost about two people in the last four years. And uh, it's amazing to me. I mean, it, I don't know whether it's Nutrisystems or, or uh, Marie Osmond or who did it for him. But i, I got to tell you, it, it's, it's out of this world, man. His head looks too big for his body now. It's really amazing. Clint, how does somebody, though, come out of having a close association with Martin Luther King? and come up with the rationale that Al Sharpton does. How does that happen? Same with, same Jackson with Jesse Jackson and Louis Farrakhan, you know? Exactly. Right. Well, but Jesse and you Jackson know what Jackson did? did. You know how he, how he benefited from the assassination. He rubbed King's blood all over his T-shirt, took a plane from Memphis to Chicago that night, and appeared on the Today Show out of the NBC station in Chicago the next day, and he picked up the mantle over Roy Wilkinson and Ralph Abernathy and, and, a, and a bunch of people who were genuine uh, nonviolence, genuine Christian leaders, 
And uh, mm-hmm. Jesse Jackson became the carrier of the torch, didn't he, Bill? I mean, you know, I mean, didn't he pretty much assume uh, uh, the uh, the leadership of the uh, civil rights quote unquote movement? I, I think I think I think he tried to, but I think what violated it uh, was that he became more of a shakedown artist, as you said. Uh, you know, that's that's been his modus operandi, and uh, you, you know, whether it's to cover over you know teenage pregnancies or whatever it is that he's done. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's sad. I mean, it's a sad commentary when you think about uh, what, uh, you know, what the life of Martin Luther, not that he was perfect, you know, we, we know that he wasn't, but uh, he was definitely used of God. And the things that uh, we still remember, the things that he said about, you know, being judged by the content of your character, not the color of your skin. I mean, these are right. powerful and profound statements that came from, you know, I, I say were so revelatory, they had to come from the throne room of God himself. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Very well said. Uh, Senator Milkovich, uh, and then I want to go to Valerie, but Senator Milkovich, what are your thoughts? I, I think he, well, gosh, you guys have covered so much. Um, I, How about I Clay Shaw? Are, He's from is, your state. Well, listen, I have never believed. Oh, my gosh. I've never believed. No, no. Well, listen, I've never believed. In, in uh, studying the Kennedy assassination, uh, not exclusively, but reading it, studying about it for 20 years, over, I've never believed the, the government story. And there's problems. And actually, the researchers that have done the work, they've documented that there was not a team of shooters. They've documented that there was assassins from all over America and some from Europe and hitmen and CIA Mobsters in Dallas and in Daily Plaza, Daily Plaza, the day of the murder. That's that's a lot of coincidences. And what really blows the Kennedy assassination sky high is the party the night before the president was killed, uh, and it was testified to by Madeline Brown, Johnson's mistress, among many others, and the who's who that was there. Nixon initially said he didn't remember where he was. When John Kennedy got shot Everyone from my generation knows that's uh, Ridiculous In reality Nixon's story number two Was he was at Dallas For a board meeting At Pepsi-Cola company right. With that as it turns out Pepsi-Cola never had a board meeting that day The reality is the witnesses say That he was at the meeting at Clint Murchison's house That night along with Johnson Along with John J. McCloy Who was later on the Warren Commission and was a federal bankster, and J. Edgar Hoover, who was blackmailing the Kennedys and was a, we know about his personal life. And there was a who's who of JFK enemies that met that night. And Madeline Brown clearly said the men retired to the cigar room, the library room, Clint Murchison's house. Johnson charged out red face and, and basically said in so many words, after tomorrow, you don't have to worry about that blankety blank John Kennedy anymore. Um, the, but, but what's compelling about this, I love what Clint said, is it a coincidence that weeks before then or a short amount of time before then, uh, John Kennedy had said, we are pulling the plug on the international private banksters that control our economy in contravention of the United States Constitution, which says Congress shall control the minting and, and creating of currency, not Amen. Privately owned central bankers, uh, and of course, 
Kennedy also said that he was going to shatter the CIA into a thousand pieces. Kennedy and his brothers, even though I understand Joe Kennedy had some unseemly connections in Chicago that affected the election. I understand that that's documented. That's not unusual. What's unusual is that when the Kennedys got in power, John and especially Bobby, they went after the mob. Exactly. Well, another mental winner. I don't think it's a coincidence that Dallas was awash with professional assassins and crooked CIA operatives and mobsters, and that there had been a long-established working relationship. Some people say, well, we'll never figure out what happened in the Kennedy Kennedy assassination. Was it the mob? Was it the CIA? Was it – well, shoot, the CIA and the FBI covered it up. (laughs) All of the above, John, all all of the above. Now, keep in mind, because this isn't going to sound new to you. If you remember, another thing that John Kennedy did was he stopped the drug trafficking that the CIA was doing out of Vietnam. Wow. Wow. Okay. Valerie, go ahead. Oh, oh, Bill, Bill, keep going. Sorry. No, no, I'm I'm only saying John, John can appreciate this because, of all the work and research he did on Pan Am 103, and again, the CIA is involved in drug running there. It's interesting yeah. how things repeat themselves, right? Because nothing get, ever gets done to these people. If someone had done an honest investigation and held the people that murdered President Kennedy accountable for murder and punished them under the law, there would be some fear factor. But the people that operate above the law, they have absolutely no fear for be, of being prosecuted for killing people. And sure, I don't know if you guys know about this. Some of you may have seen it, but a guy named, I think it was Jimmy Files, was found in a prison in Illinois. He actually confessed to shot, firing the fatal shot to kill the president. People say, well, he could just make that up. Well, that might that someone might be able to get away with that argument. The amazing thing is Jimmy Files had connections with, guess who, the Chicago mob who was in Dallas that day. He also had been doing uh, murdering people for the CIA in South America. He was connected provably to the CIA and the mob, and this is the amazing, uh, phenomenal thing that surfaced. His testimony, and he had been in prison for a long time, the warden at his jail, maximum security Prison in Illinois said this guy was never studying books on the assassination of President Kennedy. He had no library. He had no resources. He had no reading. He stated that he fired from the grassy knoll and took the blank cartridge and bit it. He crimped it with his teeth, which was kind of his trademark. He had this specialized weapon, and you guys know more about weapons than I do. It's somewhere between a rifle and a pistol, but it was a high-powered uh, basically hybrid weapon that he used to kill, shoot President Kennedy, among other shooters. He crimped a bullet. Do you know that years later, I think it was a dentist, but a man was using a metal, metal detector at Dealey Plaza, and guess what he found? He found a cartridge that was crimped, that was thin. Mm. dentist who said, I'm not sure whose teeth marks these are, but that uh, cartridge, blank cartridge, was Bitten, that's teeth marks. That's human teeth marks on that cartridge. Then there's so many 
what about all the people that get that got killed? All the witnesses that were knowledgeable. What is it? Over a hundred now? It's endlessly, it's, it's endlessly it's, interesting, it's but we'll never come up with the answer. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. It's just it, gonna, it, what, it keeps us it, What it did do, though, it was us, it, uh, it changed the country forever. That was the that was the critical factor there. And uh, you know, I mean, the movie JFK was great uh, filmmaking, but it was largely fictional, superimposed over some well, facts. Fact, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with. I think Oliver Stone, and and I guess that's a debate for another day. I disagree with that. Yeah, I'd like to debate He's, you on that okay. one. I would. Fletcher Prouty was one of the people, was one of the primary informants that gave Oliver Stone inside information. He was a it was a general, I believe, who went and told Oliver Stone what he knew. And basically, what he said is, it was known before President Kennedy was murdered that there was going to be a hit go down. He also spent a lot of time with Jim Garrison. That's probably who true. Was, yeah. Who was roundly ridiculed. By the uh, inter- by the national media, but actually Jim Garrison is the one that conducted the most thorough thoroughgoing law the only law enforcement investigation mm-hmm. of the Kennedy assassination. And a well, lot it was of better than the Warren Commission, anyway. Oh my! God. You know, I'll tell you something. Uh, you can look at uh, you, there was a uh, there's another take on this, and everybody talks about the grassy knoll. Just a just a parenthetical remark. Uh, you mentioned yeah. the bullet found by a guy with a metal detector. There were bullets found on the on the uh, on the uh, roof of the Dallas County Records Building uh, that were frangible bullet, in other words, hollow po- hollow point bullet uh, cartridges, and they were fired ostensibly by a guy from Marseille, France, who had been brought in. He was a professional hitman, and he was told, "We're going to put this Patsy Oswald on the sixth floor. We don't think he can do the job." Let him take the first shot. Oswald hit Kennedy. The first shot may have hit a, a traffic light over Elm Street. Uh, right. the, and the second shot, uh, Oswald uh, put into Kennedy's shoulder, but he missed the head shot. They had to have the head shot, and they were losing time. The backup man on top of the Dallas County Records building uh, hit Kennedy in the back of the head with a military round which, uh, with a civilian boom-boom bullet that blew Kennedy's head up. Uh, uh, Oswald was shooting a military round that would have gone through Kennedy's head, similar to the way the the one that, that hit him in the neck did. Okay, and uh, that, that that you know there were two different bullets hitting Kennedy, and I I believe respectfully to everybody and everybody's got their theory on this that it was from right. the back. But no matter what happened, uh, the whole, whole course of history changed dramatically from that point forward. And uh, we could yeah, definitely we could definitely be talking. No, you're absolutely right, Clint. We could be talking about this subject all day. I mean, I, you know, if you if you really look if you really look at the details, and we do have to move on to topics. We have a few minutes left in the show, and I want to get to a few other main things that everybody wants to talk about. Can, can, can um, we, can we hear look, from Valerie? Can we hear from Valerie, Rory? Oh yeah, uh, I wanted to get I wanted to we, get to Valerie, we, but I wanted to say real quick. <laughs> The the the, um, the the situation with um, the, the the Kennedy from the fifth floor um, or whatever floor it was on, they had one of the most deadliest snipers in history. Um, actually, the best. I forget his, what his name was. Try it, and he even said it, he couldn't do it. It was an impossible shot. So it, it just it doesn't really shot. add up. But Valerie, go ahead. 
I don't even know where to start. It's been a while <laughs> since I spoke. Um, but I did, I was thinking about back um, minutes ago when we were speaking about Martin Luther King um, and what should be done now um, with our country. Um, you know, Martin Luther King was a hero to me and to most Americans, I believe. And, and a conservative. Then was just a, Sorry? I said, and a conservative. Yes. And when Jesse Jackson and Louis Farrakhan and all these other guys came in, you know, it, it was very clear the juxtaposition between these two different types of people. Because Martin Luther King, you could tell he was the real deal. And these guys that were trying to follow in his, his, his footsteps or his, um, his coat behind him were were imposters, and they still are, and they still have all this power, and it's really, I think, part of the a large part of the corruption that we're that we're seeing, um, and I think it's a it's a disservice to to Dr. King's um, his memory as well because they they don't have their heart in it; they have themselves in it. It's all about ego. Um, right. I just wanted to mention that. Then from that, I wanted to say that the importance of God in our country. We've, it's really been lost. And, you know, Nancy Pelosi, one of the things she wants to do is take away, you know, when you put your hand on the Bible, um, so help me God. And, and I think, nice. you know, our country was founded on all kinds of principles and God we trust, you know, all kinds of godly principles and things. Yeah. And we, we cannot allow that to be taken from us. Because that, that and to update morality into our country, and we 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 are losing it, and we've been losing it in the next generation terribly. Go ahead, uh, Rory. And to update to update you, I wanted to mention, and God putting your hand on the Bible, the thing you just mentioned. Surprisingly, there was an article out today on Breibart. Uh, the Democrats actually um, voted to keep uh, in God. You know. Uh, whatever the term is when you put your hand on the Bible, I'm drawing a so help me right God. now. So help me God, yes. The Democrats voted to keep that intact. Uh, just they, they, they based it, the article, just off Democrats, and majority of Democrats wanted to keep that intact. So, I mean, I was kind of shocked because the, the way the Democrats have been so anti-God and so um, anti uh, Christianity and anti all this, all these different anti-Semitic. I mean, it, it, it's it was kind of shocking to me. Wow. I mean, I, I, I at the same time though, I believe they did this uh, for a variety of reasons. But number one, they didn't want to make a complete fool out of themselves and ambush pretty much more people than they already have. Um, I wanna I wanna come right back though. I, yeah, I it's, a, it's a number. It's a numbers thing though. Oh, go ahead, Bill. It's a numbers thing. It's a numbers thing, Roy. They know 85% of America says they believe in God. So if you're going to be that bland, even though I said, look, it, it, clearly the Democrats have declared a war on religion, a war on God, uh, you know, they stopped there. I was surprised that they did after all that they've been doing. Uh, but, you know, let's go back. You know, like Valerie was saying, it was John Adams that reminds us today that our Constitution is made only for a moral and religious people. So you take yeah. morality and religion out of the picture, the Constitution implodes on itself. And this is what we're having in today's America. Very Amen. well said. We're going to go to a 30. We're going to go to. Go ahead, Valerie. Then we're going to go to a 30 second commercial. I was just going to say, and also the Democratic Party. I mean, it's, it's the, the platform itself really is so um 
it's anti-Semitic and it's anti-everything, and their whole platform is resistance. So there's nothing that they stand for anymore. Go ahead, Rory. Yep, yep. No, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. I mean, the left has been taken over by, uh, like, the, I mean, the religion they enable the most is Islam. Let's face it. I mean, they're not they even totally, left anymore. These people are Marxist, Leninist, anarchists. The, they are. The, hey, hey Clint, 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 they're from, uh, they're from, uh, they're from a different universe, Clint. Yeah, let's not even call them communists. That's 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 really uh, you know insulting some communists that have been out there. But it's uh, <laughs> you know I mean it's 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 really uh, it, you know if you if you've done business in places that were once dominated by totalitarianism and now are free, like Hungary, where I lived for five years, uh, you, you see the and Bill knows this. You see the uh, the evangelism. Uh, in those yeah. countries, the the uh, thirst right. for God is just powerful. Mm, right, that's right. You know, Chuck's, yeah, that's where the Bible and churches in Hungary. Absolutely. So exactly. anyway, absolutely. We do got. I, I love that we'll comment. Right I love that comment, Clint. That's awesome. Uh, that a we'll palpable be right hunger for seconds. Christ in a post-communist nation. That's beautiful. Thank well, you. Said, well said, Senator Milkovich. We'll be true. right back. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. All righty, we are we are back. Um, you know, let let let's get into. You know, I I, I want to ask you this first, Bill, because this this is big. But I want to make a few announcements real quick that are just silly uh, things that uh, came out today. Um, you know, the left keeps trying to push global warming, climate change. Uh, we know it's BS. President Trump was. On on uh, social media, mocking uh, global warming earlier today and yesterday, uh, and and to other just regarding how cold temperatures are. But uh, people always want to say with global warming that it's getting hotter and hotter. But we have some of the coldest days on record at this point. So it, it just totally contradicts the whole thing. And then I also want to announce uh, President Trump is also reported reportedly. Uh, considering naming Herman Cain to the Federal Reserve. And I'll tell you what, I always thought Herman Cain should be the first black president. I think Herman Cain is fantastic. I actually loved him in 2012, and he was leading in the primary polls for a while in 2012 until uh, somebody made a claim, we don't know if it's true or not, but that he was hanging with his, uh, you know, what, out of his pants uh, with uh, with other women, you know, besides his wife. But, I mean, that could have just been a a setup from the left, but I'll tell you what, Herman Cain is as sharp and smart and, and slick as they come uh, in terms of policy and, and what America stands for. So I think Trump is making a perfect decision here. Um, let me also... Uh, nine, nine, nine. Hey, hey, Rory, if, if he yeah. appoints Herman Cain, that's upsetting a huge oppo card. That's right, you know, he's a crushing ball. A wrecking right, ball. Right, the, mm-hmm. the Fed, Right. A point... Because Herman Cain is not—is that his name? He's not part of the 
for the federal, the international bankers. He's not part of the no, federal reserve. He was the chairman of uh, Godfather's Pizza in Omaha, Nebraska. Right, Godfather's Pizza. And, uh, and, and he, we're seeing- he's a guy that. He's a guy that came up with the term 999, if you remember that. That was his economic mm-hmm. policy, and I don't remember what each we, of the we, nines stood for, but it was kind of interesting that he took that approach, and it stuck to some extent. He, he's, very, he's very smart, and we, we are on a clock. We have a few minutes left, so please bear with me, guys. Um, just some of the nonsense that's going on with the left. I'll say another report that was out today. The D.C. Uh, pays plastic straw cops. salary to enforce the city straw ban. I mean, this is is what these uh, leftist places are coming to. Now D.C. is doing it. California uh, put a ban on straws. I mean, this is just so outrageously ridiculous, and it never, never ends. Um, Bill, I want to ask you, you know, I I didn't ask you this earlier, but President Trump has sent, the Pentagon has announced, that there's more military being sent down to the border. And there's also been rumors that uh, Trump may have the military build the wall and all these different things. I mean, what do you think of the timing and what do you think of the report? Well, first of all, what Trump has done is he, he's put the issue of border security back where it belongs. I agree with Marco Rubio saying that he didn't think it was in the best interest for Trump to declare a national emergency. And I agree with him to that point. And, but the other part of that axiom is that Congress needs to do their job because they haven't done their job for decades. We're in this mess right now. And Trump mm-hmm. has been the only president to call the question and is willing to fall on his sword for this deal and to, yeah. and to do yeah. a, a partial government shutdown and take responsibility yeah. for it. So there, there's a tremendous amount of courage, I mean, and political capital that he's expended on behalf of the American people. And I believe the American he, people will honor him for that. And all these but, distractions, but, I mean, you have the idiot in Venezuela now wanting to go to war with the U.S. I mean, Trump had, you know, first of all, Venezuela would last about 20 seconds with us in a war. I mean, it, it's ridiculous how uh, Maduro, the head of Venezuela, is trying to compare a war, his war, his country with the U.S., uh, comparing it to Vietnam. You know, he said that Vietnam lasted 20 years. Venezuela would last about 20 seconds. So, I mean, you've got Trump with all these different distractions and all these different people, you know, you know coming at him, uh, you know, from all over the globe. But, and he has to deal yeah. with what's going on in America. I mean, it's just nonstop. Well, Maduro's cash, trying to cash a check that his ego, you know, can't fund. He, he's he's yeah. thinking that Russia and China are going to join in. That's what he's thinking, and that's not going to yep. happen. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I mean, th- that's just that's the, just the way that works out. So this is all just, you know, chess, you know, pounding and that. I mean, how do you sustain a government at 800 million percent inflation? I mean, I I can't even get my brain around that. 800 million percent. That that's the inflation rate in Venezuela right now. It's insanity. And you know what? It still blows my mind how you still have all these people in America that want socialism, even after Mm -hmm. they've witnessed the the insane, horrific outcome in Venezuela. I mean, are people in America this stupid? Well, critical the thinking is out the door. That's that's the deal. We know one thing from history, don't we? We know that people don't learn from history. 
So it's uh, <laughs> as, as critical thinking as Bill says. That's the one constant you know. There are a lot of dumb people, and in m- many yeah. cases intentionally dumb, but also brainwashed. And you know, the as you said earlier, uh, uh, Rory, the academy, or maybe it was Valerie, but we talked about just the damage that the American universities do to our children on a on a oh, yeah. at seventy thousand bucks a pop per year. Yeah, and I've, ta- uh, I've talked about this on my show several times with the universities. It's like, if you say you go to Harvard or Yale these days, it's like, so what? I mean, you know, why, you know why I say that? I'm not, I'm not discrediting or saying the school's bad. I'm saying it's the 90% of liberal professors that are giving their own opinions to the students. So how the hell are they learning the, this amazing uh, knowledge if all they're being taught is communism? Hey, Rory. Yeah, I, well, that's – hey, Rory, this is John Milkovich. Uh, yes, this, Senator, this, Senator this, Milkovich, go ahead. Well, this very quickly. We started with the Bible tonight, then we wandered into history, wandered into history and then to current events. I will tell you something that's going on in Cambridge that – uh, I wouldn't even know about it unless I had been there because I knew someone that was attending college there. Yeah. And that was in Cambridge with all these Brainiac kids and all these ivory tower institutions, including Harvard. There's an amazing thing happening. There is actually some dynamic evangelical Christian churches that are on fire right in Cambridge, and they're filled with young people. I attended mm-hmm. Uh, two of my attended a couple different services about a year apart. One in one church was a couple miles from the Harvard campus, and uh, a year later in a, in a church that was about eight blocks from the campus. I don't want to uh, bore you to tears with this, but it was amazing. I went to two churches where they were renting yeah. gyms, and they were packed. Average age yeah. of both of them were probably 28, maybe 30, maybe 27. So I said all that to say this. Our, we're going to maybe, maybe Rory, you'll end the show where we started. God is our hope. And if there is yep. revival among the young people and revival breaking yep. out in America, and if Clint's doing yep. his thing and Valerie's doing her yep. thing and Josh and Rory and Bill Martinez, yep. if we seek yep. God, the Bible says yep. this, if my people yep. shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their evil ways and seek my faith, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. In, in any event, that's what the Bible says. Amen. Hallelujah. We, well, we are out well of time. Put. We are out of time, but I do want everybody to promote uh, where they – so first of all, Bill Martinez, uh, I'm going to have you back on uh, next week. Uh, we have a lot more to discuss. I, 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 I could talk to you all day, uh, but Bill, <laughs> please tell everybody where they can find you. Well, BillMartinezLive.com, we air Monday through Friday uh, live, uh, syndicated, uh, 9 to noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific. And uh, we've got a big announcement coming up uh, in two weeks. We're going to add another 35, 40 stations to the syndication. So we're real excited about the developments. And uh, i got to tell you guys, I I really appreciate, Rory, I appreciate you. And, uh, you know, John, uh, Clint, you know, it's the first time that I, I, I think, you know, your voice is familiar. Maybe we were together on a show many years ago, uh, but uh, I, I really appreciate uh, your heart. And, and uh, Valerie, uh, you know, we need to give you some more, more time because, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, what, what, you bring, what you bring to the conversation is valuable. So, uh, you know, thank you so much. Thank I, you. I appreciate I can it. jump in anytime. I was just listening tonight. It was very, very interesting. Well, well, thank Bill. Bill Martinez, you are you are a legend. 
and I'm very excited for you to be joining uh, our new network here in the in the coming months. And uh, I'll definitely have you back on the show uh, next week. Right. Well, you're going to be on my show too, so we'll uh, uh, we'll be helping next week, each yeah. other. So, yep, that's it. Okay. All right. Well, I got to run because I got an early call in the morning. Forgive me. I'm ready. My bedtime. Okay. Take care, guys. All right. Good well, God, God bless you, sir. Right. Thank God you for bless. coming on. All right. You got it. Uh, Clint, tell everybody where they can find you, Clint. Well, they can follow me on my Google page. They can find me at 1420kotk.com. That's where the uh, show beams satellite-wise and Internet-wise, uh, 4 Perfect. to 6 Central Time, 5 to 7 uh, Eastern, and 3 to 5, I guess, on the West Coast. And uh, we're in the process of doing some things, Rory, as you know, that are expanding what we're going to do. Uh, so, yep. uh, there's, yeah, and, there's and, and for everybody, for everybody that – yeah, you'll be coming to my network uh, here uh, in the in either next month or, uh, or or either yeah either in February or early March. So you know we're getting this thing going. I mean we have a lot of great things we're to look forward, forward to. That. So thank you very absolutely. much. Absolutely, and Clint Clint will get you back on early next week, and uh, I'm excited, man. A lot more to talk about. Thank you so much. It's a privilege to be with all the panelists and Josh and. And, and the senator and Valerie and of course Bill Martinez and and, um, and Mr. Spencer, uh, I got to say we all ought to give uh, we ought to, all ought to give Rory a little bit of a round of applause. I, I've never seen anybody work six or seven people into a conversation uh, any better any better than he has. And thank uh, you. You know you'd be great in a singles bar, Rory. That's all I can figure out. So I, uh, I, lo- I love anyway, everything uh, you're saying, but I do I do got to ru- I do got to run, Clint. I'm on a clock. We're out But here. we'll have you back Wait, on I want early next week. Okay. God bless right, you God all. Bless. Good night. Uh, Senator Milkovich, go ahead. Tell everybody where they can find you, real quick. Hey, Art. Listen, Art. Hey, Rory. Great job, Rory. Josh, Valerie, Clint, Bill, Mar- Martinez. Uh, our book is at robertmuellerarenboy.com. That's robertmuellerarendboy.com. Very good show, Rory. Great work. Keep, keep swinging, buddy. Thank you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. I want to thank all of my guests tonight. I want to thank all my audience, my sponsors, and my amazing co-hosts. It's been a phenomenal show. we got so much addressed. Uh, please visit thedonaldjtrumpstore.com. Again, that's thedonaldjtrumpstore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative Trump merchandise. Also visit our brand new media site that we recently launched, thenextgenusa.com, everybody. Um, As well, you already know, we're downloadable and listened to in 21 different countries, and we are on over 50 platforms online. So listen to us, and uh, we always appreciate you. You guys are so amazing. Um, Have a great weekend, and we will see you next week. God bless. I'm Rory Sodder. This is the Rory Sodder Show. Cheers.